Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you're here today. I want to invite you, grab your Bibles. We're going to be in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to examine today verse 3, and this is a subject that you can take with you for the rest of your life because we're talking about increasing and growing in faith to accomplish the wonderful things that God has called us to do. And I know that the Lord has assignments for you, so you will find this message today very beneficial. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and would illuminate our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears, that we can see and hear the message of your word in a living, vibrant way. Now, Father, we thank you for the anointing of your spirit. He does make all of the difference, and we give you the praise. We thank you for victory, which is what your word produces when we apply it to our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name, and around the world we say, amen. Praise God. Now, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse, uh, actually chapter 1, verse 3. The Apostle Paul says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Now, I would like for you to take note of that phrase that the Apostle Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, where he says, Because your faith grows exceedingly. Now, decades back, there was a great man of faith, and in church history, he is now known as an apostle of faith, and that man's name is Smith Wigglesworth, and you're probably guessing with the last name like that, that sounds British. Yes, it is, and he was an Englishman, and he developed his faith to a great degree, and he saw great miracles take place in his ministry. And because of that, he was known as an apostle. Now, an apostle is a special messenger with a special message. And his special anointing, his grace, his grace gift was in the area of faith. And he saw miracles that were uh, literally uh, miraculous. Uh, and they couldn't be faked. So many of them were done in front of other witnesses. And so often it had to do with uh, things that just were so far, so far beyond the human scope or ability for a doctor or anybody to do that truly it could only be done by God. And Smith Wigglesworth, he, he is the one that came up with this phrase called ever-increasing faith. And I really like that phrase. It's actually here in the Word of God, because your faith grows exceedingly. And so he is the one that kind of, if we can use the word, coin the phrase of ever-increasing faith. Now, there have been other ministers that read the writings of Smith Wigglesworth, and I would certainly encourage anybody watching to read his, his books because they were very, very uh, chalked full of faith. I'm thinking of one minister, Dr. Frederick Casey Price, and he actually took that phrase, ever-increasing faith, and he liked it so much he named his television program, his half-hour program, <laughs> I think it's still airing, <laughs> uh, on television. That's what he decided to name his TV program. Now, D Dr. Price, of course, uh, great teacher. He just passed on uh, only a, actually a few months ago, passed on to his eternal reward, lived a long life, and he was a great blessing to many people. And he taught people how to walk in faith. Now, there are many excellent ministers in the earth today that are doing this. I'm one of them. I love teaching on the subject of faith because it's what, when I got a hold of it, it's what it began to turn my life around. You can have a lot of biblical knowledge. You can, you can have the Bible memorized, but there are certain applications of Scripture. If you don't make those applications, then all of that knowledge doesn't do you much good. Praise the Lord. So uh, while we do want to know the word, we want to not just be hearers, but also be doers. Now, I want to read this verse to you from a few other translations that will draw out more of the rich meaning from this scripture. 
Here again, in the New King James Version, it says, because your faith grows exceedingly. And in the NIV, it says, because your faith is growing more and more. Praise the Lord. The New Living Translation, because your faith is flourishing. Praise God. English Standard Version, because your faith is growing abundantly. The Berean Study Bible, your faith is growing more and more. The Berean Literal Bible, your faith is increasing exceedingly. Your faith is increasing exceedingly. This is what the Lord uh, wants to see in your life in this area of your faith is, is for it to really flourish and take off and go into new levels. The New Standard, uh, New American Standard Bible, because your faith is increasing abundantly. Amplified Bible, because your faith is growing ever greater and the unselfish love of each one of you toward one another is continually increasing. Boy, that's wonderful. Holman Christian Standard Bible, and the uh, since your faith is flourishing and the love each one of you has for one another is increasing. Let me grab just a few more down here. Uh, I always like to read the Weymouth. The Weymouth translation says, they are appropriate because your faith is growing greatly, and the love of every one of you for all the others goes on increasing. So this thing of your faith increasing, becoming stronger, and going to new levels is what we want to talk about today. Now, I have discovered that while you can continually increase in faith, really, if you look at decreasing, whether it's faith or other types of even material things in the earth, you cannot continually keep decreasing. While you can continually keep increasing something, you can't always keep continually decreasing something. Uh, Let's take money for an example. If you keep decreasing in money and you're decreasing and decreasing, you can't continue that. Why? Because eventually you're going to bottom out and what you have will be decreased so little that it will finally turn into what we know as nothing. If you have uh, gasoline in your car, uh, if you keep driving and driving and don't refill, it will it will decrease and decrease until what? Until you're riding on fumes, and then until you'll uh, you'll you've just used it all up. So there is a point where things terminate when you are decreasing, but when you are increasing, and that's God's agenda for your life. He's got it all planned out, really good for you, and it, inc- it includes increase. When you are increasing, you don't have these limitations. You can keep on going. You can keep on going. You can go just as far with the Lord as you want to go. And it's not dependent upon somebody else. Now, I like team sports. I, uh, it, it's fun to be on a football team or a basketball team, but there's also individual sports. And as an individual, it's solely upon you, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, running or whether it's tennis or something like that. Uh, and even that, that individual anointing can stand out even on a team. You can carry a team, etc. But my friends, uh, this is something where you don't have limitations that would be imposed by others or limited by others, perhaps, who don't care or would even try to pull the whole thing down. No, your faith can, can, can grow as far as you want to take it, and you can go to new levels, and God wants you to do just that. There's unlimited room to go up. There's, there's limitations as you go down, but as you go up, there's unlimited room for you to climb higher. And let me remind you, there is plenty of room for you at the top. And if you're interested, as I've said before on this program, this is something that the Lord has revealed. If you're, if you're interested in God's plan, that's exactly where he will take you. And he's not taking you down. He's not trying to destroy you. He's a good God. We have been talking about the goodness of the Lord and that goodness includes you going higher and it includes your faith increasing. And as your faith increases, it's going to pull every facet of your life upward. Woo! Praise God. Fear and unbelief uh, will take you downstream into a place of 
not being distinguished from those who don't have a covenant with God. But when you have a covenant of God, you become set apart as you begin to walk in the principles and the laws governing that covenant and that govern that kingdom, which is the kingdom of light, which is the Lord's kingdom. And as you make application of those truths, you're going up, 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 praise God. And you know, you can reach certain heights and you acclimate there and then you're ready for the next level. I remember uh, when I was in my 20s, I climbed Mount Elbert in Colorado. I think it's the second highest mountain in the USA. And, you know, I'm not sure how high it is. I think it's like 14,000, maybe close to 15,000 feet in elevation. But while it's in no means Mount Everest, and there's many other mountains that are higher than this mountain and other nations and so forth. It is certainly high enough to give you uh, a good wallop of altitude sickness. And I remember for the first two days when we were down kind of at like a lower, maybe you could call it like a base camp, uh, just for two days, I had a nonstop headache. (laughs) What's going on? I was at an altitude I wasn't used to before. But after about two days, the headache went away, and it was time for us to go to the top. And it took us a while for us to get there. Uh, It's not like you need ropes and mountain climbing equipment, but it's, uh, it's no cakewalk either. But eventually, of course, we got to the top, and... And you could see uh, just as far as you could see, see the curvature of the earth, everything at the top. Absolutely beautiful. So God's got new areas of increase. He wants to take you higher. You acclimate where you're at. But after a while, you're like, God, there's more. And God can just bring you up and bring you up. And you use your faith. You use your faith to get there. Now, concerning Brother Smith Wigglesworth, he, he had a, a unique statement and of course, it was based out of the scripture, we walk by faith and not by sight. And it's also based from Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, which we have been looking at, which concerns our faith growing and increasing exceedingly. And this is a statement that he uh, came up with based upon his study of scriptures that speak of the necessity to govern your life by faith. And so this is a common statement that he would make. And he would say this. He would say, I'm not moved by by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. Now, of course, like any Christian or anybody on planet Earth in a physical body, you do see things and you do feel things and you do hear things and you're, you're aware of the physical realm. But he would say, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear or feel. I'm only moved by what I believe, and I believe the Word of God. So he allowed the Word of God to be the final authority on everything, especially uh, what it is that he's going to believe and what he's going to go with. Because as you know, there's many voices out in the world (laughs) clamoring for attention, and so many of those voices that speak, they do not speak in harmony with the scripture. Many actually speak contrary to what God said, and those are wrong voices. And so his whole belief system was based on uh, the word of God. And that's what we want to anchor our lives to as well. Now, another beautiful gem in this verse that really causes your faith to flourish, and this is going to help somebody, is perhaps what we could call part B of verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. And as we have seen, uh, there are certain versions that say your love is increasing, your love is abounding toward each other. So as faith is growing, love, and this is agape love, this is the selfless type of love, that love among them also is increasing. And they're walking in the love of God. This is very important because we know in the Word of God, uh, particularly in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, that faith works by love. And if your love walk is not right, I'm talking about your relationship towards God and very importantly, your relationship towards people. If your love walk is not right 
it will short circuit your faith. It will hinder your faith so that your faith cannot work the way God designed it to work. So the love walk has to be in order. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. So faith operates through a vibrant agape love, where you have a love for others, even those who have hurt you, who have done you wrong. You know, I, I read many testimonies of many of the Jewish people that uh, those that made it through the Holocaust, and like many of them, came to the conclusion the only way that they could deal with the trauma and the harm done to them and to go on with their lives with uh, peace was to forgive those who had done them wrong. And you're talking about people that uh, went, the Jews that went through the Holocaust, some of them lost their entire families. Uh, they lost their parents. They lost their, their brothers and their sisters or aunts and uncles. They saw them, you know, put to death in the gas chambers or whatever it was or die from starvation. And then they lived through the war. They survived. And, you know, there's that, you know, awfulness, the reality of what was done to their family and to their loved ones and to themselves, you know, with all the pain and suffering there, they were put through with all the horrible, unspeakable things that were done. But there were those Jews that realized, you know, in order to move on with their lives, we're going to have to forgive the Germans. We're going to have to forgive even uh, the others, of course. Uh, uh, you have to understand in, in these concentration ta- uh, camps, uh, uh, those that were in the camps, they were not just mad at the Germans. They, they, they were they were getting mad at each other. They, you know, you, you'd have uh, Hungarians and you'd have Polish people. You'd have a uh, G- German people, or uh, you have you have Jews from uh, different nations, and you also have political prisoners or whoever else the Nazi system didn't agree with, all thrown in together. So a lot of times, even in the in these concentration camps, sure they're they're mad at, at Hitler and the Nazi Party, but they're also many of them were mad at each other. I don't like you. You're not from my country. We don't agree, and on and on and went. But there's a point where many realized you have to forgive. You have to walk in love. And thank God for Corey Tinboom. Uh, you know, she went through a concentration camp. Uh, she lost her sister. She lost her dad. And uh, she experienced the trauma of war. But, but she lived through it. And as a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, she was a messenger of forgiveness. And she went all through Europe after the World War II, uh, just speaking and sharing on the necessity to forgive others so that you can walk in love. You know, unforgiveness, having unforgiveness towards somebody else is like you being angry at them and you drinking poison and you're expecting them to die. No, if you drink the poison, you're going to die. Matter of fact, you may die. They may never know or may never care. That's the way it is. You could be really upset at somebody that uh, hurt you or did you wrong, and that person out there is not even thinking about it. While if you allow it, it can eat you up just like a poison. But my friends, you have to forgive. You have to love, and you have to go on. And let there be a sweetness in your heart, uh, despite all of the uh, tough things that the world can throw at you. Let there be a sweetness in your heart. You had a minister tell me many years ago, even before I started my ministry, he said, Stephen, you know, God has a calling on your life and you're going to, you're going to end up in ministry, but you're going to have to learn this in ministry. You have to have skin like an elephant and you have to have a heart like a lamb. So you have to have a sweetness, but there needs to be sometimes a tough exterior because of, you know, stuff that you run into and this, that, and the other persecution and everything else the enemy throws at the servants of the Lord who are endeavoring to preach the gospel. Praise God. So faith works through love. Now, today we're primarily talking about your faith growing and becoming stronger and going into new areas. Uh, but also, as we as we keep that the focus, don't forget that love is the greatest thing. And when your love walk is real strong, and uh, I mean, it's on, I'm telling you, your faith, boom, it's hitting on all cylinders. <laughs> and, and you really can, and that in that area, really pull in some extraordinary miracles and some very unusual blessings. Praise God. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Let me see if I have that in the Amplified Bible. Galatians chapter 5, 
Verse 6 is very powerful in that version. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. I don't have it right here in front of me, but it's so good. I'm actually going to uh, just talk to you just for a moment and pull that up. Thank God for uh, all these wonderful uh, Bible studies, these uh, uh, modern ways to read the Word of God. And I, I used to keep all of these different Bible translations in my house. At one time, I had like, I think like 21 different Bible versions. So I think now I've maybe got like 10 different Bible versions in my house, but I still research regularly online through certain biblical websites, um, you know, that can give you up to 45, sometimes 50 different versions. Uh, and many of the versions are all good. They all have their, their different strengths. And you have old classic versions with the English so thick, you can hardly read it and hardly understand it, <laughs> but it's still good. And then you have some of the modern versions, and those can be very, very helpful as well. Praise God. My favorite version is actually the King James Version, but so many of the words, uh, the meanings have changed, and nobody uses thee and thou and ye anymore. So uh, over time, I eventually uh, moved to the New King James Version, which still is based off of the Old Testament uh, Masoretic Text and the New Testament Textus Receptus. Those are the best old uh, manuscripts to base a translation off of, and uh, that's why I still prefer that as my primary uh, version that I teach from. Okay, here we are, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, and in the New Living Translation, it says, For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Amplified Bible says, For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. Praise God. Weymouth New Testament translation, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is of any importance, but only faith working through love. Praise God. So your faith, I see it growing. I see it increasing. And you can accomplish great exploits through faith. We have Hebrews chapter 11 as living proof of that. But just always remember that your faith function will function at its highest when you really have a very strong love walk. And if you are a hard person and you are, you're, you're, you're bitter or, or, or things like that, wow, you can really limit your faith because of the love of Christ not flowing through you. Be careful when you really begin to know a lot about the Bible you know a lot about God, and you know a lot of times this religious thing tries to jump on people and this religious pride, and the next thing they know it, they actually uh, they become critics, and they begin to see themselves as better than others. But we're all saved by the blood of Christ, saved by faith. We're saved by grace. Now, uh, a little example, when I was on a uh, missionary trip one time. Uh, the only people that were on this trip were those that were planning to go full time into, you know, like a, some type of a missionary type setting. So me and my friend, we were planning to do that. And, uh, but, you know, we didn't have the Bible training that some of the other people had. I mean, I, my background was in physical education and sports and stuff like that. So you had a few that were on the team that were taking this trip so that we could get to know each other and, you know, prepare our hearts for mission work and stuff like that. So we had a few that actually had degrees in Bible and, you know, they're fluent in Greek and fluent in Hebrew. And uh, so they had four years uh, of knowledge uh, that they had just, you know, specialized study in scripture and stuff like that. So I remember one time me and my friend, uh, you know, we were trying to, we were just trying to serve God. We, we didn't know 
a lot of the things that, you know, like a theologian would know. And we were reading through the Old Testament together. And uh, one of the uh, one of the experts, you know, one of these young guys, he was our age, but he was kind of like he thought he knew it all. You know, yeah, we were re- he, my friend and I, we were reading through the Bible, reading back and forth to each other. And he said, no, he, the other guy said, no, you didn't pronounce that king's name right. You, you, you didn't pronounce it right. You say it like this. And he was real critical. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, I don't know if saying the name right is going to get somebody saved or not, but we'll try to save it. We'll try to get it out right. <laughs> so watch out for that because love, love, love is over, is, is able to overlook, you know, flaws and imperfections and stuff like that. And you really want your love walk developed more than anything else, because that's what people, that's mainly what they're looking for. Praise God. All right. Now, Here's a good question. How do we increase our faith? Well, there's a quick response to that, but before we look at the maybe the patterned response that we've learned, I would say that the best way that you increase your faith is the same way that really you would increase anything else if you wanted it to, uh, and that's through exercise. In other words, if you wanted to get stronger, uh, in your legs, well, that means you're going to have to do some leg exercises. If you want to get your arms stronger, you're going to start exercising your arms. So really, if you want to get stronger in in faith or anything, uh, you have to find some way to exercise that. Now, the more traditional answer would be, uh, how do you increase your faith? Well, uh, you would hear the Word of God, and I completely agree with that. But I have discovered, as I'm sure many of you have, it takes more than just hearing, because hearing the Word brings faith, but until you make application of what you've heard, um, it's just like talking about going to the gym and hearing about all the benefits, but until you actually go, start pushing and moving something around, start working things out, then you're not really making that connection. So we see here... Of course, in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, if you were to see this in the Greek, and uh, I did take some time years back to learn the Greek. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of it I've forgotten. It's uh, it's not like a bicycle where if you learn to ride it, you never forget. Uh, I learned a whole bunch of it uh, and could read it pretty fluently, but because I never really used it very much, a lot of it I forgot. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I met a Greek uh, uh, professor one time in a, in a college, and I said, what do you do with your skill uh, that allows you to be able to read uh, ancient Greek fluently? He goes, well, my favorite thing to do is to read Homer's Odyssey. Uh, you know, the classic adventure tale that was written in Greek about, you know, 2,000 or so years ago. And I thought, wow, what a waste. <laughs> Here you have the ability to read Koine Greek, classical Greek, and you don't even use it to study and read the Bible. But anyhow, uh, he, he was still a, a Greek expert. But in verse 17, this is a continual hearing. In the Greek, in other words, it implies you have to be hearing with an ongoing basis. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you have to hear the word continually and you have to keep getting that into your spirit. And as you do, it builds faith. Faith will come. Faith will come. Now, of course, once the faith has come and the faith is in your heart, that is where you're going to have to exercise it and that is, for many people, the point where you, like Peter, you get out of the boat when the faith is there and you walk on the water. So we have to do more than just become professional hearers. And you know what? You could go to the finest Bible college that teaches on faith, and you could learn all about it, and you could have all of that knowledge or even under, understand the mechanics of how it works and what you're supposed to do. But if you don't, if you don't make application of it, where you actually exercise what you know, then your life will be very, very normal. Yes, you're still saved. You used your faith to receive Christ. Your, your, your passport to heaven is good to go. But my friends, when you want to pull in the blessings of the Lord, that requires more than just knowledge of faith or having faith. You have to apply what you know and walk it out. Praise the Lord. In other words, you put into practice what you've learned, what 
you have heard. So I was praying earlier today, and I was thinking about increasing faith, ever-increasing faith. And the Holy Spirit prompted something to me because it's actually coming up, and that would be Pentecost 2021. And the church around the world celebrates Pentecost. Uh, this year, it will be May 21 through the 23rd. It's two days, and it starts on Friday, sunset, and it continues on Sunday and concludes Sunday on sunset. And I believe that this is a very special Pentecost. Now, in Scripture, there are three primary feasts that that we are called to celebrate, and that would be Passover, Pentecost, and also Tabernacles. And we are coming up on the very, very special, powerful, fiery, beautiful Feast of Pentecost. And I thought, you know, this would be a very timely way and a very good way to exercise faith in a new dimension, ever-increasing faith, so that we can do something together. And I would like to tell you about that and take just a moment to share something that the Lord has put up on my heart. And the scripture for it is found in Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25. And let's go to verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart you shall take my offering. And then in verse 3, And this is the offering which you shall take from them, gold, silver, and bronze. Now there's other things that he lists that he's going to uh, open up to make available for them to give as well. Remember, they have left Egypt. When they left Egypt, they were given permission to receive from the Egyptians articles of value and articles of wealth. And so the Egyptians unloaded on them. Uh, gold and silver and uh, cloth and all kinds of stuff. So they, it actually says they plundered, they spoiled the Egyptians. Don't feel bad for the Egyptians because the Egyptians had enslaved the Israelis, the uh, the Jews for 430 years. So th- this, in a sense, is payback with interest on all of the horrible things that had been done to them. And so this is an offering that's going to be received. Uh, And the Lord wants Moses to receive this offering, and there's a special purpose for it. Verse 8, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. There is always a purpose for prosperity. There is a purpose for overflow. And oftentimes that can be for special offerings that are designated by the Lord. Praise God. Now, I had a vision. I want to tell you about that. But before I share that, let me say that this offering that Moses took was for the tabernacle. It was for the sanctuary. And he says, and this offering which you shall take from them, gold, excuse me, and this is the offering which you shall take from them, gold, silver, and bronze. It has been almost a year now, I say with great joy, that we launched out with the pure gold half-hour television ministry on TV, not just on internet networks that were carrying it on the internet, various internet platforms, but on real TV where people turn on and watch it on TV. And right now you can watch pure gold, our half-hour show on different satellite broadcasts. We are on DirecTV. We're on Dish Network. We're on uh, World Harvest Network, which was founded by Dr. Lester Sumrall. We're on God TV. We're on Dove TV. Uh, We're on uh, different networks that are beaming the message of salvation because every, every season now that we record these new programs, Uh, Every program has an invitation for the viewer to receive Christ if they don't know Christ. So every program is evangelistic, and every program is teaching and putting faith, putting the Word of God into the hearts of the viewers and the listeners. So as you know, it was right around Pentecost of last year when we received our offering to launch into television network Uh, programming of taking the gospel around the world through television with the pure gold 
program. And we have done that now faithfully for almost a year. And right now, every week, we are reaching a potential viewing audience that's over 1 billion people. Uh, Now it's actually over 1.1 billion people. So there are a lot of people around the world that are watching these programs that are being blessed by them. And we not only want to continue to put the good news out there, we actually have some very special doors of opportunity to go on some new networks, and we would like to be able to do that. So, my friends, we could we could sit back and remain static, or we could sit back and decrease, or we could use our faith together, and we can increase exceedingly. And I would like for us to do that. And I would like for us to prepare our hearts for Pentecost. It's still a few weeks out, but on Pentecost, which is May 21 through through the 23rd, I would like for you to prepare your heart that on Pentecost, you sow a special offering. And I want you to use your faith that you're going to sow a special offering and receive a very special harvest that I want to uh, share with you in just a moment. But every dollar that is sown into this Pentecost offering will be used to expand pure gold half-hour program on television around the world. I can't carry it on my own. Um, It's a large work. I need your help. I cannot do it on my own. Uh, I would be diminished overnight if I had to try to carry this thing on my own. I don't have the ability. But my friends working together, working together, we can literally touch the world. And that's what we've been doing. And I believe that the Lord has spoken to my heart and has said, you must not decrease. You must increase because this is a kingdom work. Praise God. Now, The tabernacle that Moses was going to build, there were different items that were going to be received into the offering. You had gold, you had silver, you had brass, you had different types of uh, cloth, you had blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins, had all these types of things, different stones, onyx stones, uh, stones for the breastplate and so forth. But the Lord shared something very special with me concerning this Pentecost offering. And let me explain it like this. It was, it was about two and a half years ago, as we were planning and preparing for the Pure Gold pro- program, that I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what will the program actually be named? Because you have to get it trademarked. You have to get it registered, you know, with the trademark office and stuff like that. And... Um, and my wife and I were bouncing around some different names, but we kind of kept coming back to one. We really liked the name Pure Gold. And I said, but Lord, I can't, uh, I'm not sure though. I like it, but I'm not sure if this is what you're giving your approval upon. And I said, I have to know for sure because I can't change it later because once it's out there, uh, you know, it's, um, it's something that begins to, uh, become set, as we would say, in concrete, and you don't, you can't change that. So I said, Lord, I've got to know for sure. And so I was praying one day, and I was, I was on my knees, and I was really seeking the Lord, and I said, Lord, what is the name uh, of the half-hour program? And the Lord told me, he said, take your Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 30, and I'll show you the name of the program. And so with great excitement, I took my Bible, And I turned to Exodus chapter 30. Perhaps you would like to turn there with me as well. Now, as I was going to Exodus chapter 30, I was already familiar with uh, the holy anointing oil. I was already familiar with the, the incense because I have written on those subjects before. So I, I wasn't a stranger to Exodus chapter 30, but I didn't have any idea of what the Lord was going to reveal to me when I actually uh, turned there. So, you know, only it took me like six or seven seconds to find it. I flipped over there. And when I turned there, verse three was highlighted by the Holy Spirit. And of course, this is speaking about the altar of incense, which is my favorite piece of furniture that is in the holy place. You have the the, the menorah, the golden lampstand, and then on the other side, you have the table of showbread, and then right in front of the curtain, 
separating the holy place from the holy of holies, you have the altar of incense. And when I looked on my page on verse 3, the Holy Spirit caused that verse to appear like a hologram, and it stood up and separated itself from uh, the other scriptures. I couldn't even see the other scriptures. I just saw verse 3, lift up. And it said, and you shall overlay its top, its sides all around, and its horns with pure gold. And the word pure gold, the, uh, the phrase pure gold was highlighted by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it stood out from the others even still, and it was glistening. It was, it was like uh, glistening. And the Lord spoke and said, the name of your program will be pure gold. Woo, glory to God. And that, that settled it for me. So this is something interesting that the Lord spoke to me concerning the Pentecostal offering. And he shared this uh, today, earlier, while I was in prayer. And let me explain it like this. The Holy Spirit said that the Pentecostal offering must be a gold offering, not silver or brass. Because the name of the show is pure gold, and it represents taking the gospel, the good news, to the nations. And because of that, it must be God's very best offering, because it's for souls. It must be a gold offering. And also because, as you know, the altar of incense, which was overlaid with pure gold, stood right before the curtain, which was right before the Ark of the Covenant, but the altar of incense has always been a representation of the prayer life of Jesus, which is his desire for to be our prayer lives, to be the prayer life of the believer, so that we have a prayer life like Christ did. And it is it is your prayer life that carries you through the curtain, through the veil, now there is no veil, into the very presence of God in the Holy of Holies. Praise God. So prayer is what carries you into the presence of the Lord. So everything in the holy place, everything in the holy of holies is gold. It's all gold. There's no silver. There's no bronze. The Holy Spirit said it must be a gold offering. That basically means it must be your very, very best offering. And my wife and I on Pentecost are going to sow from our personal money a special seed into the offering for the Pure Gold half-hour television program. And I'm asking that you would prepare your heart to sow a gold seed offering on Pentecost Sunday so that we can expand, expand this sacred work that has been ordained and commissioned by the Lord of preaching the gospel. Now, while I was receiving these instructions which I'm uh, from the Lord, which I'm sharing with you, as the Lord concluded what he was sharing with me, I went into a, uh, a further into a vision. And in this vision, I saw golden oil, golden oil coming down and touching you. Woo! Praise the Lord. I saw it touching those that sowed into it. I saw it touching those that rallied to this cry of the Spirit to sow a Pentecostal seed for the salvation of souls, for the preaching of the gospel. I saw this oil touching you. It was golden oil. And I said, I said, Lord, what is that golden oil? He said, it is the golden oil of prosperity. He said, it's the golden oil of prosperity. And I share with you as a servant of the Lord, that I believe that as you prepare your, your very best offering so that we can reach further with the television ministry, I believe that as you sow your golden seed, I believe God's oil of prosperity is going to come and touch you like you have never been touched before. Woo! Praise God. Amen. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. And I want you to know that I will be praying over every seed sown, whether you mail it in, whether you bring it in online. But I, I don't want you to rush. Uh, Pentecost is May 21 through the 23rd. I want you to take your time and pull together your seed and do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do, that it would be your best golden seed and I'm going to pray over every seed, and I'm going to say, Lord, you showed me the oil 
touching this person's seed. Lord, let that oil get all over them, the oil of prosperity, and let them experience your touch of prosperity like they've never experienced before. I will pray that over every seed sown into the Pure Gold TV program. Praise the Lord. This is how we exercise our faith. We jump in on something. We take our faith and we don't just hear it and hear it. No, we actually use it. Use it. I'm asking you, use your faith to sow something you've never sown before. Allow the Holy Spirit to take you into a realm of giving and explore new territory with God in the area, the territory of faith. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, the largest offering I've ever given is $37. Praise God. Let the Holy Spirit take you to 50. Pastor Stephen, the largest gift I've ever given God ever is $75. Let him take you to 250. And for those of you that have used your faith before to do something greater, you crossed a certain threshold and you broke through into a new barrier. For many, it's $1,000. Still today, I remember the first time my wife and I ever sowed a $1,000 seed into the ministry of another person. I'll never forget it. It was into the life of my spiritual father. And today, over 20-something years later, that relationship that he and I have are like that. It's like that. It's, it's a lifelong friendship and of, of my wife and I honoring him and having a rich relationship. And we're blessed, praise God. But we broke a barrier that day. And since then, we have sown uh, greater levels because our faith took us to greater levels. But I believe that the, the Lord, the Lord will... He will look at what you're doing as sacred and take your time. Find out what that gift, that seed is supposed to be and sow it as a golden seed on Pentecost, on Pentecost, sow it. And I believe you'll see the oil from heaven come touch you with golden prosperity and something's going to happen to your finances, something beautiful. I will be praying over every seed. Praise the Lord. Now, Let me pray for you right now. Father, as your people pray and ask you what they're supposed to do, how can they exercise their faith and be a part of this very special Pentecost and Pentecostal offering, I pray that you show them with great clarity the seed amount that they're supposed to go, uh, that they're supposed to sow, and that you give them the grace to pull it together and do what you've put upon their heart to do. And I thank you, Father, that you will do what you have shown me that you will do. You will touch the seed. You will multiply the seed and oil of prosperity will touch their lives and they will go into new areas of increase. Their faith is taking them into new areas of expansion and increase of exceeding greatness. And we thank you, Father God, the oil of prosperity will flow. And I thank you, Father, for your people and their heart for souls, their heart for the lost and for them doing what they can do from the place that you have put them in of being a blessing. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for this golden offering in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, God gave the greatest offering of all. Nobody will ever top it. You can never outgive God. God actually gave his own son. Mm -mm. to be a sacrifice to redeem lost humanity back to himself. Anybody that puts their faith and trust in Christ can receive eternal life through him. If you've never done that, why don't you do it right now? Just pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you died on the cross to save sinners like me. Jesus, you rose from the dead on the third day so that I may have an opportunity to receive your life, your eternal life. Jesus, here I am. Save me now. Wash me with your precious blood. I put my life in your hands. Jesus, write my name in your book of life. And thank you for saving me right now. Thank you, Jesus. My friends, he has heard that prayer. You now belong to him. Live for him and walk with him. And he is a good God. He loves you. And by the way, those of you who have made that commitment and you've received Christ and you've given your heart to the Lord, email me. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know that you've given your life to Jesus. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise God. 
This is going to be a very, very powerful Pentecost. Woo! Hallelujah. Let's take Holy Communion together today. I want to encourage you, grab some grape juice. Grab some unleavened bread. Let's pray. Father, we bless the bread, the juice, and we set it apart as holy through this prayer of consecration. We thank you that this is now the body of Christ and the blood of our Savior. And Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we receive his promises. We receive his word. His, uh, the, the word became flesh. So, Father, as we receive the body of Christ, we thank you for the promises of your word that you have given unto us, even your instructions. Thank you, O God. Thank you that revelation is flowing right now, that as we receive the body of Christ, you're showing us the amount that we are to sow. And we give you praise. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us receive the body of Christ. You know, while I'm sharing this message with you in an enclosed studio, I've never heard so many silly distractions going on outside of the studio with um, loud vehicles going by and uh, mufflers uh, that don't seem to be working properly going by. And just it's the enemy trying to distract. But the message has been delivered and God's will is being done. Praise God. Mm-mm. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Let's pray over the blood. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we have committed any sins, that you would forgive us and wash them all away. And we thank you, Father God, you forgive us of our sins and you forget them. And we also choose not to dwell on past failures, mistakes, or sins. And we see them covered with the blood of Christ. We see by faith that they're washed away. We thank you, Father God, for the great sacrifice of Jesus. We proclaim his death until he comes. We celebrate his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension to your right hand. Father, we believe in Jesus. He is our Savior. He's our life. He's our everything. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for sending him. And we thank you that he came. Thank you, O God. Father, we now receive the blood of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Exceedingly increasing faith. Ever increasing faith. Faith requires actions. My friends, let us operate in faith in greater dimension. Let us step out and do what God has called us to do, and God will do miracles. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.